sit back, relax, and let's start the motherfucking beat. Get this message out here. I'm doing what I love to help a community out. Like, yeah, you know I mean, what is the next step? What's the one thing I can do today? That's going to get us one. So, I mean, I don't know what's what's in the future. Art is the only way you can reach out to the future. It is the only thing that actually lives through a time capsule. And I think that if the DIY scene as a whole put more of a value on itself, it could be a lot more sustainable. Now, if someone doesn't like it, that's their deal. I'm thinking of Pearl Jam shirt before John Mayer. Or John or Pearl Jam, yeah. Those are it. like that's the first yeah, thing I thought yeah. of just Don't because of the title. Call me daughter. Oh my god. Yeah, right. So we got two <laughs> Don't different. Don't get this dude started. <laughs> two different. <laughs> picture. So uh And I thought you were drinking Cherokee Red too. That's no, I'm not drinking. Before we yeah, Cher- <laughs> before we continue to date everybody in this room any more than we already have, <laughs> talking about Pearl Jam and Cherokee fucking red. <laughs> let me <laughs> <laughs> let's uh mr pib let's let's get let's off. get things rolling i'm just gonna crack right Relax. into my intro okay. and then we will go from there cool. hello and welcome to start the beat with sykes my name is sykes and this is my podcast before we get started i just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out last week's episode if you're one of the people who listened to that i hope you enjoyed it and thanks so much for coming back but for those of you out there who are new to the show welcome Please feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer and soda and water in the fridge. Today, I am joined by returning guest, third time on the show, Byron Nash. Say what's up. What's up? No, because second. you were on the three-year anniversary as well. Oh, shit. Okay, yeah, I guess that counts. It does yeah. count. Okay, that does count. Third time. All it right. does count. Special. Third time. And time. Byron is here joined with my old friend, first time on the show, Darren uh, you may know him from IDX, Identity X band back in the day. It, since then, they're still a band, but now you've gotten a lot into video work and things like that. That's right. Which is kind of why you're here today, not because of Identity X, That's but right. I'm sure we'll talk about We're that. We'll get that it. album, you know. We'll get, we'll get, to, the, we'll get to all that. Yeah. Uh, say hello so people get to know your voice. Hello, my name is Darren DiNapoli. <laughs> I also go by IDX DNAPS or DNAPS as I was in the past, but... IDX DNAPs because you can't just have DNAPs because that domain's already taken. So Yeah, bummer. I don't think anybody will have a hard time uh, <laughs> determining who's who in the conversation today. So I'm we'll- the British guy. No. <laughs> <laughs> we could talk with you know, fake accents here. Yeah, so we should be pretty fucking good to go. Speaking of beer, I am currently drinking some Fremont from Seattle. What up? To uh, Pearl Jam again, there bringing them go. up. Yeah. See what's meant to happen. Uh, I'm drinking their sister Imperial IPA, and uh, Byron's over there. He has the 2X Southern Tier and an unopened Two Hearted. And we all have uh, a bottle of Market Pantry's Furious Purified <laughs> Drinking Water. Market Pantry. This is Target. Okay, I was wondering. I was yes, like, it's Target brand. Target brand. Okay. I have yeah. Aldi brand and Target brand. So I'm, oh, I'm you should mix them up. together, see what happens. <laughs> it's like a potion that you don't want to mix. Uh huh. Too many deals. That's right. Yeah. Too many deals. <laughs> it turns out. Do we make the customers buy a bag and bring a bag or do we give them one? That's I'm confused. <laughs> These are two different business models coming it, together. It turns to pure acid and you just like <laughs> your insides don't know how to react. If, or if super water actually it turns to Fiji okay. water. So this is a good question. <laughs> this, this is really, okay. It's a really great way to start the conversation. Okay. Yeah. If target and Aldi's had a retail baby, what would it be? Taldy. 
<laughs> I was thinking of like a store that already exists, but yeah, Tully. I'll take Tully. And I think I think instead of putting a quarter, you put like a quarter that's like the symbol of Target into In the, the cart shopping to cart. get the cart. That's right. It's a token. <laughs> it's a it's token. actually it's going back to the token days. So now we're dating ourselves even more. With tokens. <laughs> I don't know if they still have tokens in like uh, car washes. Car washes. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, you're right. Car washes. Arcades, that's what I remember. Tokens, you know. Do you think there's ever going to be a day when we're like, yeah, remember when cars were a thing? I I think, yeah. There's going to be something. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But rewinding a bit, let's get out of the future. (laughs) Let's not dig into the past. Let's talk about the present. All right. Why the fuck are we here? Why are you in my house again? (laughs) No, Uh, what's going on? I heard you're doing this cool 360 degrees of music thing. I'm going to explain it. Uh, Yeah, let's get that. He has a better sense of uh, the technical aspect. Yeah, let's get let's get the nerdy tech talk about this project. So we started this uh, this video concept where you shoot an entire documentary in 360 degrees and you're able to use a headset or your phone, but you're seeing your entire environment all around you. So when I first started talking to Byron about this idea, you know, from uh, hanging out with him for a multitude of months working on a documentary um, for an, for a film, I said, you know, this his house, his basement, everything that he lives, you need to be in, you need to be in this environment. So I was like, this is a perfect uh, uh, piece to focus on for a 360 degree video because when you're watching this with the headset. You're so like interested in everything else that like the from the CDs to the tapes to the to the records to the posters. Yeah, to I the, can attest to that. I got I got to watch the little preview. Yeah. Oh, there's a flying his flying V collection, his um his kiss dolls and and just everything. I think about it. Um, and there was some footage that I shot from the different concerts uh, from them when they played at the stage of Karma to Thrival Festival to the museum. So we try to cover like a lot of different uh, uh, scenarios where his life of 360 degrees of music kind of interplays. So that's where kind of the, the concept kind of came from. So definitely. And so Byron, how has this been, you know, being the subject of a, you know, a little mini documentary getting followed around, talking about yourself, playing shows. I mean, I think these are things you're pretty good at already but i'm used to it in the sense that i've done it before with my other band but not to the degree of like (laughs) having someone where you're like hey i have the show tomorrow you want to come or like sort of reporting into them you know to keep him on board with my schedule because it's so it moves around so much there's a lot of moving parts and um with the gig that he has it's kind of locked into you know regular hours you know it's like hey so i'm playing this thing at 12 (laughs) can you be there um, but originally, it had nothing to do with me. You know, when he reached out to me, it was about a concept to do um, a video channel, almost like just to promote local music. And we and I, I've known him only through the internet and only through like magazines and stuff like that. Um, so he gave me a call and we talked about it. So his idea was to um, have this channel where people can kind of figure out where the good bands are, where the good local music. And it was a great concept. But when we started working together, everything just kept changing into something else. So we never truly abandoned it, but it was just, maybe that was the general idea. But, you know, with a good idea, sometimes you have a better idea. And it started to turn into more things. So he's like, oh, okay, I'll follow you to your shows. And he started covering Plan B. But 
then I started to do other things because I got into the Pittsburgh Technology Council. I got accepted into this like entrepreneurship program. And that like opened up all these other doors that led into like the tech world and the music world. And I was like, dude, we should like kind of ride together because I'm exposed to things that I would never have the access to. You know, you're doing something I can't do. I'm doing something that you don't do. If we do something together, I can put you in, you know, now you can have access to the CEOs that might open up doors for other things. So cheese to the macaroni. Yeah. So it, it turned into more of a collaboration cool, yeah. than a documentary about just me. Um, but originally it was like, all right, I'm gonna follow your band around, blah, blah, blah. And then I started like taking on more solo gigs and doing all these different things. So the project sort of has blossomed into something that we're still not sure what the heck we're doing. Totally. But we're doing it, you know? Yeah. And and because he was at all of those different events, like Thrival, like I played Thrival three times in that week. So the band played, but I also played like one of their tech talks. And then I played like in a lobby at the museum. And I just put myself in every scenario that I possibly could. Uh -huh. And then he filmed it. Once he started, and, and none of that was really 360 at the time. Once he brought that concept in, and I saw what it looked like, and I like downloaded the app, and I'm like, oh, okay. It totally turned into something else. So originally, we were you know, talking about a local music channel, and then it was a documentary about me, and then it was something else. And now this, we're here in what? It's been what? Almost nine months, maybe? About a year, yeah. I think we started in July. Yeah. We filmed uh, last year uh, the um, Jam on Walnut. Yeah, we played Jam on Walnut, yeah. and that was sort of the first filming event. And then it just kind of blossomed from there. Yeah. So he's sort of been along for the ride. And a lot of it has been like, well, how do you live? Like, what's your life like? I'm like, well, I don't sleep a lot. And I'm trying to hustle like yeah. many people are. Yeah. So that that's my, I'm going to interject. No, right do here. your thing. I'm really curious. Are we going to get like behind the bar? On this 360 thing, are you gonna like show like everything? Or are you gonna keep it like I don't want to say you're keeping it glamorous, but you know what I mean? Are you gonna like really get into like the nitty-gritty, like what the daily grind is like? I mean, he did come to an event where like like I um there was a uh, Anthony Bourdain episode that featured yeah, yeah, City. Yeah. And so I had a lot of the like who's who of the service industry at my bar, and he was like behind the bar filming. So it showed me at work and like, you know, so I I mean it's kind of hard for him to be like getting off work with me at 4.30 in the morning and then getting up at 7, you know, or whatever to go to CrossFit or something crazy like that. But for the most part, it's showing, like, all the different elements of it, whether it's a rehearsal, um, if I had four shows well, in I, a day. Yeah, well, I'm just know. saying, as a um, as a viewer, I and I'm probably not alone in this, that's what I would more, be interested in. Yeah, you know like, what I mean? Like, the funky part, the, the, the sucky part of it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's actually you know? what I think. Um, so that's, that's why I kind of am setting this up as a series. So I feel like this is just like yeah, epi episode one of the 360 video. So like some of these are going to be based on Byron, but then I'm also going to probably do ones on other, other artists. Oh yeah. Um, you're going to have there's to, always, there's going to be stories different, not mm -hmm. just a musician. I'm actually thinking about doing one on somebody that's like a, um, you know, that plays bass in the symphony. Like I know a bass player that plays in the symphony. So what's their life like? Um, or um, a girl that runs the business side of music and they they live a 360 degree. Well, you know, so, it's funny that in a way you're like making a double pun because it's not only 360 degrees of music in terms of like the musician, but the business as a whole, like, yes. three, like all around yeah. what goes into it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Like kind of like that 
like literally a 360 degree view behind the curtain to see like sure. what goes into sure. all the elements of it. Yeah. So episode two of Byron's life would focus on more of the, like you got a little, a little snippet of, of what he was talking about, his flying V's, his shows, what his thoughts were on the concept. Episode two would be another like, you know, look like maybe that's what we say. We talk about the, behind the bar or like his work life, you know, or going the CrossFit. Um, there's like different, I think, yeah, I think different that, segments. The reason why I think that shit's really important is because I don't think a lot of people realize how normal a lot of musicians are. Even people true. that are in bands on tour still have those daily grinds when they're not yeah. on tour, mm -hmm. like bands that have, you know, CDs and t-shirts and like stores all across the country they're still working on that grind because it's you know it's, it's really hard yeah. to you know live 100 off of sure your art despite right. just with way things are now so i think it's really inspiring for people to see mm -hmm. people like byron who you know are working towards this but you know also like they're able to make time to, you know, work out and take care of themselves. They're mm -hmm. still working till 4.30. They're still able to make time for practice and family and all those mm -hmm. other things. It's not fucking impossible. It's just a matter of how you choose to spend your time. Right. It's all priorities, right? Yeah. And I, I think... But I, I, but I also feel like priorities like are like not the best word for some people because for yeah. some people priorities are a burden. Right. I just feel like you just genuinely have to want to do something and genuinely not want to do other things that maybe you shouldn't do you know i think you come to a certain point as an artist where i don't know i feel like there's a shift right because I've, I've been in bands i've been doing this a long time but i can't say i've ever been all in and when i when i say that i it's not that i've never that i wasn't passionate or i didn't believe in it or then I, I didn't work hard but i mean like that all in where i'm like my rent's at stake do you know what I mean? Like where I was willing to like totally put it on the line. Cause there's, there's a certain like cliffhanger spot that you kind of come to and you can have a lot of great gigs and opening slots and sell CDs and do all these different things. But then there's a sort of weird turning point. And I, and I feel like I've been in it in the last like six to nine months where I'm like, I'm not going to work all these jobs. And I, I remember as soon as I made that decision, I was on a cruise. I was in the middle of the ocean, never been on a cruise. And I'm like, yeah, I can't, I won't be able to kill it. If I'm doing all of this because it's taking the energy away from the things that I could be putting yeah, in, you got to find the balance. And you do need a you you need a lot of energy. You do a lot of things. You know, like it can kind of be draining, and something's going to suffer somewhere, right? I'm like, all right, well, if I can just have a job and then do everything else as my job, heavier. You know what I mean? Like, and that was a decision I made. Mm -hmm. However, I paid the price for that. My last six months have been like financially tight because I didn't have this supplemental income from other bar gigs, but at the same time, I gained so much time. You know, I gained, I, I did the math, I gained 34 hours per week by quitting the other jobs. That's So then I said, okay, I'm gonna put my energy That's in a lot it. of time. That's a lot of time, dude. And like, I'm like, God, how many things was I not doing well, like playing guitar or songwriting or studying or, or, or any of those things, you know? So, it's kind of hard to show that with like a, unless you like can afford to have somebody like really around. But I do think that's the important human element to let people know that if you do want to achieve something, there's this kind of dark, ugly side that you have to be willing to cope totally. with. Totally. I mean, to get to that point, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I'll play a show. That's great. But what did it take to get that show? Like the emails, the back and forth, the coordinating with promoters, the, spending your own money on tickets and then not getting the return like all that stuff people don't really know that and 
and don't see it a lot of the times, you know? So I don't know how we're going to convey that, but I do think that element would be more interesting than just seeing me on stage. I think that, you you know, know, you'll be able to convey it, I think, in a way that will relate. But, you know, there's always the things that you won't be able to convey. And then there's also the selfish things that you might not want to convey because you've been working at it a long time and it Mm -hmm. takes us a while to figure out some things and you don't want to give away all the secrets. Right. You know, it's like it's in a way I've been thinking about this a lot, like how much it really is survival of the fittest when it comes to what we do. You get it. As much as as much as I want to be like nice and nurturing to all the people around me, that's like there's a point where it fucking stops because it's like, you know, am I going to like hand somebody the keys to something that I've been working on, you know, for years and building like here, now you drive it. Mm -hmm. Like I don't want people to suffer and like waste all the time that somebody like me wasted, you know, trying to figure this shit out. But at the same time, it's like, well, fuck now I got this. I want to fucking get it. Like, I don't want somebody to fucking step in front of me. It's interesting that you said that. Like, so there's this person in the scene and they're like kind of on the up and coming thing. I'm not going to say names or anything. I'm not putting them in particular on blast but it's more about the concept of how they approach me and i played a show with them didn't really have any interaction that and it wasn't like uh you opened for us we booked you it was just like we were on a bill they played before us we played it is what it is never met or anything and then randomly i got this like facebook message saying hey i have some you know i have a question about some things i think your band's great blah 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 you know and i gave some advice on something that I thought, like, I would give advice to anyone. Like, I didn't mind sharing it. I didn't feel like I was, wasn't was hoarding totally deep, dark secret. It was like, no, this this can help you. You could either take my advice or not. And then it was followed up with, oh, by the way, can I have your contacts for that really crazy gig that you did? And I was like, whoa, I don't even know. I don't even know you. So it's not like there was no rapport. And then this uh... kind of, this has continued for about seven months of me being messaged Hey, give me your contacts for this gig. I know that we'll do great on it. And I'm like, I'd never respond to that because I, th- you don't, that one, that's just not how you handle business. No. And it's sort of the same concept. It's not that I'm like intimidated like, by this person or afraid or, or afraid to share, but that's not how you do no, it. No, like, because for one, for, <laughs> for fucking one thing, you know, it's like, okay, you're giving somebody an opera, like you're giving somebody a contact, a foot in the door that you're still maybe trying to get yourself yeah. in. You know what I mean? It's like you're trying to, it's like, oh, just let me hold this fucking thing open for you. No, fuck you. And then two, Mm -hmm. it's going to make you look like a fucking fool whenever they go and hit up that person. It's like, who'd you get my, who'd you get my contact? Yeah. And fucking Byron. Oh, what the fuck's that clown doing? Doing my information. Exactly. And I I don't roll like that. And that's true. Like, it's like a, it was just a bad thing, you know? And 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 I couldn't, you know, maybe they're inexperienced. Maybe that's just their approach or whatever. I mean, it's not that fucking hard to be like, oh, like who are you trying to get in touch with? Do they have a website? Do they have this? Do they have that? Fucking figure it out. It's no different than something I said to somebody at work today. They came and they asked me a question and they said, hey, do we have a Malbec? I said, I don't know. I'm not going to answer that question. Why? Because there's books, there's menus. You were trained. You can go in the computer. You could ask a manager. You can go downstairs. You didn't even try to figure it out. You just came to me without any effort on your own or any initiative to figure it out, you know? And to me, I'm like, this thing that this person in the music biz was asking for is so big that literally you have to go click and be like, oh, okay, that's where it is, yeah. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, I'm not giving you that. And that doesn't even guarantee that you're going to get in because I didn't do that to get in. They contacted me. So like, you know, people are like, how'd you get that thing? I'm like, they said, will you do this? And I said, yes, that's really the truth. Yeah. But because of the scale of what it looked like and 
the video and the way that we promoted it and the marketing and all this stuff behind it, they just think there's this like magic key Wizard of Oz thing. But I couldn't believe the audacity of like just straight asking me like that's like someone saying, hey, Brian, give me the blah, blah, blah contact to your thing that you did. This is the biggest show you've ever played. Cool. I'll see you later. That shit has definitely happened. Yeah. And you're like, I'm sorry. Who are you? It, no, <laughs> you know, it's definitely happened. And, and I don't I, even fucking yo. I, I don't get, feel I, bad about not doing it, dude. I get like I get <laughs> you know? friend requests on Facebook, and if there's somebody that's in a band, I will not accept it. Because you know, cause I know, I know what it is. Like, oh, like I need, like, like, like I, I want, when bands coming through, we want to play a show on a Tuesday. Blah blah blah. I was like, no, I got. It's like, it's like I want your band to succeed. Yeah, but not on my fucking shoulders. Yeah. Okay, like I can't fucking do this anymore. And you're already riding like this kind of red zone thin line with being hard someone enough, hard doing enough, so much. I have a right? hard enough time just taking care of my own shit. Exactly. And like I've been really bad at saying like no to people in times when they've needed help for things. I've right. gotten better at it. Right. But it's just you know I'm just trying to take care of my own thing. So I think what it is too is like the climate has changed. You know, we I, I had a lot of conversations about like music and the business and stuff. And honestly, I, I do remember what it was like before the internet. And I do remember what it was like before Facebook and, and cell phones and when you relied on other people to do your things. You know, but now it's sort of like you can make just about anything happen if you really want to. But the responsibility of a musician is totally different. Back in the day, it was like, oh, we got signed. We got a promoter. We have a publicist. We have this. There's marketing, there's tour support, blah, blah, blah. You have to be willing to accept the role of all of that. Everything. Now. Yes. You know what I mean? And you have to like get skilled at it, you know? And I'm I'm getting skilled at things I didn't know I was actually good at until I was forced to do it because, you know, I'm going in a direction that almost is like not music. Yeah. But it, it's it's all based off of music, you know. But if it weren't for that me saying, Okay, I gotta figure out how to do better ads, I gotta figure out how to do you know, what, what, how should the photo look and, and all dude, those I've things, been, you know? Um, I'm, I've been, like, in writing mode recently, and I, like, recently just wrote, I was working on a psych song, and I'm, like, writing a verse about this shit. Mm -hmm. And there was a line where I'm just, like, talking about, like, I like wearing hats, but I don't want to wear this many. Yeah. Just kind of, like. It's a lot of hats. Yeah. It's, you like, I, I look like a clown wearing this many hats. Like, it mm -hmm. gets to a point where it's, like, I feel like i I overanalyze shit sometimes, so I don't know Same. if I'm just crazy, but like, I feel like it gets to a point where it's like, okay, like if you do X number of things, you know, it's respectable. But if you, if you transcend into doing like so much stuff that it's like, you know, like, does it become this thing where it's like, is this person doing all of these things because nobody wants to fuck with this person? Like, why is this person handling so much? Why can't somebody with like these capabilities get somebody to help him with these other things? Or do you have to do those things so people fuck with you? Yeah. Like, that's what it's turned into. Like, it's like a label's not going to mess with you until you have so many followers online or so many CDs sold or whatever the case may be, you know, but like, who's thinking about labels? Like if you're even chasing label dreams, that's a different thing. Right. But if you're trying to just reach the audience, you, you are forced to have to take on all these, these hats, Yo, you know? And, yeah. and, and so at what point, like, so I, I think about this, I was working extra. So I had supplemental money. So if we had a studio session, I just pay cash. Right. So I bartended, I was working four bartending jobs. I paid studio sessions and I was, it was all coming out of pocket merch paid for it and i didn't even want to do it like that it was sort of like the band like picked up too fast for me to have a good business plan for it you know what yeah. i mean so it was all reactive and then it got to a point where it's like how did i play guitar in the last three days 
because of everything else I was handling, because no one was really participating on those other things, or not even that they weren't participating. Maybe I'm just good at running around and you know i'm no one i don't have to be at work until 8 p.m i'm so i have a whole day to handle all that stuff so if it's if i don't do it it's not going to get done it turned into that and then it's like but my music was my musicality personally not the even the band but i was suffering yeah i was like i don't like how i'm playing i'm I'm not growing because i'm not spending any time on it i'm doing a lot of photos and videos and meetings and emails and in all this stuff, but the main thing of why I'm even doing it, I was doing the least. And that's what made me say, all right, I'm going to take a financial hit. It's going to hurt. But, you know, I, I started playing 30 hours of guitar a week. I can't tell you the last time I did that. That's fucking awesome. Though. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you ever, like, track your time, and say, how much time did it's, I really put in on music this week? Yeah, it's it's hard, like, separating yourself from, like you and your brand and then like me and you also have this thing and maybe i mean you might have had it a little bit with like identity x where or even now since you're going to be doing like freelance work with video you're working into where it's like you have your personal life and this brand that you're trying to push and they're the same fucking thing it all like gets blended together and you have all this other convoluted and And then like like dealing with over all the social media shit it's just like okay you figure it's not uncommon now for like somebody to have like your like a a facebook account a twitter account a instagram account or a snapchat account like it's say on average like most people probably have like five different social media accounts it's like i have that times Personal times Sykes times Grey Walker you're, times you're Start the Beat times Brutal Beer Fest plus Get Hip Records plus the artwork you're doing and like and all the other shit yeah you're, and it's you're just like, like one of, he's one of the, the hardest working dudes I know honestly it, and it's I, just like managing all that is a fucking catastrophe I just, I just hate that I have to do it just but, managing it is like another role <laughs> yo yo I, it, <laughs> you I know? have to spend like a few hours a week scheduling social media posts yep. I schedule posts mm-hmm. yep and it's like. That's another thing I was writing about, like in this verse. Like, I, why the, I don't want to fucking do this. Yeah, it's like I just want to write a verse. But like, if you don't, like, you kind of disappear. But then there's also like, well, if you write something that's good enough, it's gonna transcend. So maybe you should just get over it and just write and just work on putting out art that's so fucking good that you don't need to schedule social media posts. Like, I'm not comparing myself to Pusha T, but I'm sure he's not scheduling social media posts right yeah, now. But Pusha T already, <laughs> yeah, but Pusha T got some money behind him, yeah, right? Yeah. So if you didn't have to worry about let's if you didn't have to worry about the economics of some of these things right and say let's just let's just take rent and keeping the lights on and paying for gear out of the equation and you just had time for that stuff would it be any different or would you just have to do more like you know what i mean like he has people doing that for him so yeah you know what i mean like it's different you know he can go work on a verse and make it fire he can battle with drake because he's not worried about Oh, I got to get to this next thing because I got this thing mm-hmm. that's before the next thing. You know, I think it's a little different. In or a way, if he does have a next thing. Someone scheduled it. Well, he didn't. In a way, like for me, and I think this is kind of, I don't know if a lot of people have this viewpoint, but that's honestly what like devalues a lot of mainstream music for me. Yeah. Because I think about like the lives that a lot of mainstream artists live. And then, I mean, I guess it depends on the content that they're putting out. You right. know what I mean? If it's like bubblegum pop, it's like I'm not really worried about if they're having like a hard knock life or not. Right. But, you know, to like listen to like maybe some like a popular rapper, you know, complaining about their emotional issues and this and that. It's like part of me is just like, yeah, go fuck yourself. Yeah, like like you this song's have, good, but yeah. go fuck yourself. Yeah, it's like you can afford like some really good counseling <laughs> that I, I got to work a lot for that health care for that. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like. 
And, and I think it changes the dynamic. So, but at the same time, do I stop? Like, I can't stop. Like, I didn't choose how, where technology is taking everything. You know what I mean? Like, you have to adapt. And if you don't adapt, you will get left behind. And the other interesting you know? thing, too, definitely. But what's interesting with that, though, is like, okay, like, who are we trying to talk to? And I think that, you know, like, me and Darren had talked a little bit earlier about like, you know, identity X and how with their band, there's not a lot of bands locally for them to fit into. And basically it's like, you know, we're kind of growing up, we're sticking to our guns. And it's a similar thing with gray Walker where like the music that we're playing isn't like what's like the hippest or coolest thing around. And a lot of people that are on those social media platforms that we're trying to talk to, mm -hmm. they're not like, they're not interested in what gray Walker's doing. There's no like, a large group of 20 year old kids that are interested in listening to progressive death metal. Like right. they want to hear like the mod, like the what's modern ex right. heavy music now, right. Or like what's, you know, modern heavy rock music now. So it's yeah. like, okay, our fan base is still people in our age demographic right. and how many of them are even on Facebook all the time without find the music. Yeah. Like you know, that. most of the people in our age demographic will say like statistically that I don't have statistics for this, but I'm just going to assume most people in our age demographic on Facebook are probably complaining about politics or posting pictures of the kids. Like they're yeah. not on it because they want to stay in touch with music. And right. some of them are, right. and right. I wish but they were, but a large chunk of those people are probably also musicians. Yeah. So it's like, who it's like, we're worried about like keeping up with all this stuff, but it's like, who the fuck are we really talking to? How do we reach the people that want to hear what we're doing? I think what it is is, it's a, a search, right? So before, you know, before the fan helped the bands get on, right? And the magazines and the magazines were bought by the fans who were hungry and searching. Now the search dynamic has changed. So you still have to be out there, but it's not so much that you're like putting it out there, hoping someone finds it. It's like you have to now actively go find them. You know, like, you know, there was a time In where tape trading was, that's how bands got on, yeah. you know, but it, it, it it's not this it's the same concept but it's not the same way i just feel like you need to do stuff to honestly just like you know like there's a bunch of fish jumping out of a pond mm -hmm. and you look over and you're like like what the fuck that one has a 360 camera following him right what's he doing mm -hmm. you know like I mean, honestly what the fuck that fish is that, is that fish holding a bottle of hot sauce what's he doing that, that's really what it <laughs> so comes down doing to these like bizarre things to stick out that don't even have to do with your music and then that goes into like i'm not playing guitar i'm yeah. coming up with marketing schemes but is that that much different than what it always has been or is it just that you have to do much more of it because you know how i got into metallica really they had a skateboard uh and it was zorlax skateboards and Pusshead did the designs for Metallica, and they were in Thrasher magazine. And James Hetfield broke his arm skateboarding <laughs> on the on the Master of Puppets yeah. tour when they opened for Ozzy. Right? That's how I got into Metallica. It was branding through skateboarding. It wasn't their music. That's a really it, good point. It was that first. Now that changed over time. But if you think about their designs for the next almost 10 years it was zorlak and and it or no pushead Pus yeah. but zorlak was a skateboard right so anybody who was a skater at least knew about metallica and as they morphed and changed their branding and marketing grew right by the time i got into the band fish in 1993 94 they were they literally had this like mailer that just was all merch I mean, their merch game was on fire. It was like 12 pages of merch. 
And, and, and if you're a fan and you're on the, and that's how their tours would sell out. Nobody knew about it. Like, why is this band selling out all this shit? Nobody even knows who they are. So I don't think that any of that's really changed because bands were doing that in the nineties. They, they kind of had the responsibility and I think some people were savvy about it, but now it's like, it's more in the artist's hands even more than ever. But you're right. Like at one point, you know, am I thinking more about how I'm going to promote this thing tomorrow or, you know what I mean? Like, and it's not even based off of likes and the attention, but at the same time, you're up against so much now. Yeah. You know, and before well, you were up against what was filtered to us, you know, and if you wanted to go buy the new Bjork record, you went to buy the Bjork record, but now you're competing against everything. And I think that's where it's like, you have to be clever. You have to be like, you got to be on, you literally have to be on all the time. And it's, I think it's kind of hard to do that. And that's where like. For me, trying to be on in all these other areas, the one area that was the most important was suffering. And I was like, mm, not anymore. Yeah. You know? I, I, I honestly, dude, I love doing all the extracurricular stuff because I actually like, like it. <laughs> you no, know? I mean, that's, at the end of the day, the most important thing is that what we're doing is fun, that we're enjoying this and like, you know, we're enjoying our time here on Earth because, yeah. you know, it's it's limited. Yeah. We only have so much, so it's important to enjoy it doing whatever we're doing. Mm-hmm. But there's never going to be a day in my fucking life when I enjoy scheduling a social media post. <laughs> like, I just, that's like, no. that's the one aspect of it all that just like really kills me. And then, like, you get people that it are kills like creativity a little bit. Yeah. Like, like, the whole, just this whole era of numbers that yeah. we're in, you know what I mean? Where people were like, oh, like that fucking video has like, you know, X number, X number of views. And I'm just like, I could show you the website right now where you can buy your YouTube views. Yeah. Like labels are paying for this shit. Mm -hmm. And then, but the thing that's fucked up about it is, is like in people's brains, they assume those numbers mean they like established success and worth to it. Right. So if I were to send somebody links for two music videos, we'll say, you know, our gray Walker video that might have like 3000 views on it Mm -hmm. versus another band that has like, 50,000 views. They're probably going to click on that 50,000 view one because they're, because they're like, why Oh, like every, that's, the, that's the bigger band. It. Yeah. Right. So you get these labels that, you know, are doing that shit with the YouTube views and you get like fucking Jay Z cheating his, chi- his title shit with all, doing all the fake streams. And so, do you hear about that at all, Darren? No. Do you hear about that? No, you, tell me, oh, tell me. Title got in a lot of trouble right now. We're in a lot of trouble for like, uh, fibbing the numbers of streams that the, uh, artists on their platform we're getting oh. look into it it's fucked up that's the thing that's a, what really fucks me up about this digital era we're living in and stuff with spotify it's not as real spotify just recently changed their things where it's like x number of plays equals one digital album sale right and then that's how you end up coming out with these things where it's like oh post malone dropped an album and it already sold more than like every beatles album ever according to spotify streams right. because they just were able to they throw some money that, yeah, yeah. Got Somebody it. was able to go in and it's like, mm-hmm. I'm not, I mean, I'm sure a lot of those streams were yeah. accurate, but that's still like, there's some arguments for how it's like an even fairer representation of like what people are listening to and if they're engaging in something or not, right. because like you can um fine tune the details like, oh, is like everybody only listening to one song from this album or right. is everybody listening to every song? Like, is this really a great album? Right. But at the same time, it's like, I... You cannot convince me that it's not possible that somebody that works at Spotify could be giving some amount of money to go into a computer and just Click. be like, boop, let's add a couple zeros on the end of that. I mean, that, that's some real things. That, that's a very real thing. I think at the end of the day, you got to remember why you're doing it. Yeah. And, and 
you know, maybe, you know, not everybody's going to be as multi-talented, right? So you, you do art, you do all these things. Maybe not everybody can handle all that. You know, um, working with Darren sort of like helped me fine tune some things that I didn't know that either I was good at or not good at, you know, and because I'm involved with the uh, Pittsburgh Technology Council, that's sort of what opened up a lot of doors. So I got accepted into this uh, co-create program. They picked six people. Uh, it's a accelerated entrepreneurship. And they picked like six entrepreneurs. I'm the only musician who's ever been picked. And they basically give you access to like seminars with Google, branding things, like all this that's awesome. crazy stuff, right, that businesses pay to be a part of. But it's, and, and so I've been linked to that. And in being linked to that, I'm like, oh, that's where I start to shift my my focus. I'm like, how do I bring what he's doing into what I'm doing? And how do we build something off of that? And it's sort of like the same thing. It's like finding a different lane for the lane that I'm trying to be in. You know, like I'm trying to do music, but I don't, you know, do I necessarily well, want to like slug it out like six months on a road? I don't know if that's, it's not because I'm like too good to do it or I don't want to do it. But I think there's some other things that I might be good at that I can yeah. figure out, you know, and sometimes those collaborations kind of lead you in a different direction because of how everything has changed. You know, now it's like if, if Darren puts up a 360 photo and I keep a track on a lot of people's stuff, he'll get like some likes. Right. But if he does a photo or a video that I push out in a different way, it's going to bring more traction to him through me, you know what I mean? So it's like a collaborative thing. And I'm like, all right, well, if we do this as a team, then we grab somebody else and we do it as a, a three-piece team. And then we grab somebody else and we do it as a four-piece thing. So I'm thinking of it more as like growing a network uh, as totally. compared to like how many hats but can you, I wear? You know, it's so fucked up too, is it like we all already have these like insane networks thanks to social media, Yeah, but it's very hard to get people to come on board with you. Right. Like, I don't think a lot of people understand the value in just sharing your song, like on their Facebook page. Mm -hmm. Like, it's insane how much value is in that. Like, if you could get crazy, you know, like if I were to post a, a Spotify link to a new Grey Walker song, right. you know, what I mean, if we could just get like 50 people to all share that at the mm -hmm. same time, it would it would fucking blow. Yeah. But it's so hard to get people to do that because either they're like, they just don't want to, or maybe they're like really specific about what they're curating on their page. Like they don't, don't want to co-sign you or they're think just, it's that. what do you I, think it is? I don't think it's that. If it's like another band that's in your realm, then there might be some of that, right? They're like, eh, I mean, those are my boys, but eh, I don't know if I want them to win more than I want myself to win. There could be that, right? Yeah, I'm trying to hold this door open. I don't want to let somebody you, else do, through it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. there could be a little bit of that, but honestly, dude, I'm telling you for the most part, what I'm, I think I've, finally learned is that you know you can see a great video of me playing a killer lead or me and evan playing acoustic or like one of the top quality photos and it'll get some traction and get some likes but i take a picture of me at a music store winning an amp and i get 150 likes it's because it's personal and people know that you're a band they know you're a musician they know mm -hmm. you're a video guy that shit is not exciting to anybody. Uh, totally, yeah. Nobody, yeah. Give, nobody gives a fuck that because, you're playing a show. That's what you're supposed, supposed to, do. to do. Yeah, right. Totally. But yeah. it's like, oh, you know, my cat. Like, <laughs> I take a picture of my cat, and you're like, oh my god, he likes cats. Yeah, because totally. it's more personal. And and I and I'm I'm trying to figure out how do I tie what I'm really doing in a way that gets the same response as me holding a picture of a Marshall amp. 
You know what I mean? Because that just happened. Like my car got broken into, and in this, it's like literally in like two days, like I had all this shit happen to me. And I just posted it because that's what really happened. But I think it's because people could either if they were feeling sympathy, mm-hmm. empathy, uh, a connection, uh, something that was connected to like a real story, right? And I think seeing the best photos of all time isn't a real story. It's just really cool fucking photos. And that, I don't know. And that's that's the weird, like, that's the ceiling that I feel like I'm hitting too. It's like, yo, I get, I put, he took this great photo. We, like, worked it out. It didn't get nearly as many fucking likes or attention. People saw it, though. I know people saw the shit, but what's the thing that makes them go click? And that's, I think that's sort of the magic of what you have to figure out as an artist as you're taking on all these like roles and these different hats, mm-hmm. how do you connect to your people or how do you find your, your niche people and make them feel in a way that they want to go that extra mile, you know, because like you're doing great shit, you're doing great shit. I'm doing cool things, but it doesn't necessarily mean that like everybody's going to be connected to it and relate to it. So I have to give this speech. Good example. This just happened. I'm reading this uh, talk like Ted. I think so. I'm graduating from that business program in a week, and at the Create Festival, I, I'm the closing speaker. I fucking hate, like, <laughs> you know what I mean, like being like a social speaker. But I'm a bartender and I'm a performer. It shouldn't be that awkward. However, it is. So I've been reading about what is it that makes TED Talks successful, and they talk about like the ones that have been downloaded the most, and everything's about a story. And, and people connect to stories. They've done tests, scientific tests that like certain things that you say in your story that trigger a response in the audience that make them be interested. And this is why a lot of corporate and business people fail in their presentations with like PowerPoint stuff because it's all data. It's all stuff. And I'm like, is posting a lot of photos of the band or just regular shit just data? And in a way it is because there's nothing, there's no heart to it. It's heart because we love it. But yeah. there's no heart for the person that you're trying to target. So as I'm reading this like TED Talk thing, I'm like, what the fuck am I going to talk about? And I've been, and they were like, you need to like figure out what you're going to tell story wise, and you have to engage them. There's like this weird chart of like starting high, coming low, and then when you come back up out of the story, because you have three things you have to say: what is your story, what do you want the audience to leave with, and what is your pitch. You know, and when I say pitch, I don't mean necessarily selling, but in a way, I mean, you're selling Gray Walker, I'm selling Plan B, I'm selling myself, you're selling video. What is it? So if you had to have a conversation. Yeah, the metaphorical sell. Yeah, you know, but if you were having a conversation with people, which is all this really is, what what are you saying? You know, Mm -hmm. and so I've been thinking about that in in this kind of more like well-rounded way. Like, how do I say who I am and what I'm trying to do in a way that's going to touch people for them to do that extra click? And do that extra share and do and come to this show and spend ten dollars on that ticket. And it's like challenging because it, it changes every day. <laughs> it's like yeah. it's literally like every couple of weeks you're like, oh, new algorithm. Oh, people are responding to this, you know. I, I, one it's thing, tricky. You one know? thing that I've found that's like helped me put some shit in the perspective is, you know, thinking about the way I engage with things that I love. Yeah. And comparing that to the way people engage with the things that I create or the things that I put out into the world because we live with ourselves. So every day, you know, we're thinking about songs we've written or videos we're Mm -hmm. working on or this and that, you know what I mean? We're so intimately tied to this that like in a way that nobody else is ever going to be tied to. So like, even if somebody might only 
pop out of the woodwork, you know, once a month or something like that to like one of your posts or engage. It's not because like they're not necessarily interested in what you're doing. It's just everybody else has lives. You know what I mean? I always think about like, look, you know, like what's one of my favorite albums of all time? Iron Maiden, Peace of Mind. Mm -hmm. When's the last time I listened to that record? I don't know. When's right. the last time I ever fucking liked anything Iron Maiden put online? I don't know. I don't think I like Iron Maiden not, on Facebook, homie. Yeah, like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. follow Iron like, Maiden, and I, I, I love them. I yeah. love them. They like, like I, It's you like, know? that stuff means so much to me. Right. So it's like, that's a passion from me right. that, you know, they're never going to necessarily receive in any way. Granted, this mm-hmm. is a very extreme example. But, but even, like, for, like, my, like, local people, like, even for you, like, there's just times where it's like, I'm just flipping through and it's like, Oh cool. Like, you know, Byron's doing this thing. Darren's doing this thing. You know, these guys, and it's like, I might not like the post, but it's right. just not because like, I don't like the don't post. Like the post. It's just like, I'm just like, I don't know. I'm just like trying to catch up. So right. I'm always just like, you're in a different li- yeah, zone. You yeah. know what I mean? And it has I nothing personally to a do lot with of people how you feel about us in that same zone too, yeah. where they're just trying to like, you know, they have your art that you're putting out in my art that I'm putting out. Like, we'll say like somebody, for example, uh, I don't know, like uh, Joey from Great Walker. So he has like, you know, stuff you're doing, stuff I'm doing, and then stuff like, you know, his wife might be posting, then like his family and kids, like juggling all these things and other people that he doesn't know. Like mm-hmm. there's some girl, Susan, that's posting a picture of her ramen bowl and like you're mm-hmm. fighting through all this shit. I think the one thing that I hate the most now is that even though we have like five different, you know, major social media platforms yeah. that everyone's using, None of them are really specific to anything. They're all pretty broad. Right. So there's not like one lane for not like a hard music one. There's not like that. Like, like they'll like, we'll say like MySpace music was like a big thing, you know, where it was like, Oh, if somebody wants like music, we can go to this. And like, there are websites like Bandcamp, and for some reason, Reverb Nation still exists. But mm-hmm. it's like, I don't know many people that are just like, oh, I'm going to sign up for a Reverb Nation account as a fan because I want to find music. Those people were out there, I'm sure, but. But they're not, not out a there lot. in the numbers that would make a difference yeah. in the digital era, you know? And I, I think, I mean, we can't give up, you know? There's no giving up part. It's just you have to fine tune what it is. And also, I do think. You have to figure out what hats do you wear the best. You know, I don't want to wear twenty. Every hats. hat's not going to look good on you. No, right? I don't. I, I honestly, I don't. I don't want to have to do all these things. You know, like today. So I worked. I worked until about four. Got home. Was wired. Got up at seven, and then I'm. Te- we're immediately texting about like the video and the formats and blah blah blah. By the time it was time for me to post, I could feel. I could physically feel that my brain was not where it needed to be. And I was like, I don't think I should post this today. I got to wait a day. Like I knew I wasn't in the pocket for it because yeah. of, of my other things. You know what I mean? And it's kind of weird. Cause I have, you know, I'm sitting here thinking about what the fuck is my speech going to be, <laughs> you know? And then I was like, Oh, we have a table where people are going to experience it. Oh, I got to, don't forget. You need the Sandy wipes for the freaking 360 degree goggles oh, as people are yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like little things like that. And those are details that normally, an artist would have somebody else figure out for you. I'm like, I'm, I'm almost thinking about where, where's, where are people going to stand? Do you put two X's down, put your feet here, and that way is they're spinning around mm-hmm. in a circle, feeling like they're in the room, but their sense of balance is going to be off. So you don't want them to be near the TVs that we rent, and you don't want them to be hurt. You know what I mean? Like, So I have like this other lane of things that I'm thinking about, and I could not focus on social media. Like, I couldn't do it. I'm like, I don't even know if I'm 
and I deleted it. Like, like, I posted it. And I'm like, this isn't me. I like it's yeah, it's clunky. Like you I know said, what I mean? Like, like I said, <laughs> survival of the fittest. We just gotta keep working out, figure it out, get yeah. stronger. But at the same time, I'm kind of excited to have my destiny in my own hands. Yeah. Like there's something liberating about saying, Hey, Darren, shit's fucked up at your job. I, I'm not feeling what's going on with my job. We got to make this happen. I don't know exactly what it's going to be to make this happen, but every day we need to be in our own asses about what's going to happen. And there's no excuses. You can't do everything, right? But you can always do something. You can. You can't do everything, but you can do a lot. You, you can do. A, you can do more than what you think you can. Yeah, totally. You know what I mean. And every time you think you don't have it in you, I bet you if you put an extra half hour in, you probably work for an extra hour and a half. Do you know what I mean? But a lot of we we talk ourselves out of it, you know. And it's like. The uh, speech I'm giving, at first I was going to go in one direction, and we're like, ah, cool. And I talked to, like, CEOs and the whole nine. I'm like, I don't know what I'm supposed to say. And one kind of liked it, and then the other one's like, ah, I think you could do better. So I went back to the drawing board. It's kind of like writing a verse that you think is the shit, and your band's like, eh. <laughs> You know, and you're like, but maybe maybe it's just, eh. And you got to go back to the drawing board, totally. and you write a better one. You know what I mean? Like, as an artist, we're kind of, our egos get okay. kind of fucked up. Oh, yeah, it. I think that a big problem with artists is, like, the the unwillingness to take accountability for the fact that, you know, they're making shit. Yeah. Sometimes they're not <laughs> it's, on, it's, right? Yeah. It's, you know, and so I ended up, cha- I had this, uh, uh, epiphany is, like, the wrong word, but I just kind of, you know how you have phrases come in your head, and, you know, and I had a lot of the TED Talks have, like, a title. And Sting always said, you know, for songs, he would start with a title, and that usually dictated how he would write a song. You know, so I kind of, like, embraced huh. that over time. Like, if you just had a name, you know, blah, 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 whatever, you know, that might really write the song for you, you know? So it's just a songwriting thing I used to do. And um, I, I was like... I want to call it the power of can't because there's a lot of times where people told me you can't do this because you're, you're this age or you're from this era or you're too poor or you're black or you're, you know, like you're, you know, but in can't is the word can, right? So when te- if someone came to you and said, yo, I don't, you blah, blah, blah. You can't tell me there's not a small part of you that actually goes a little harder because somebody told you you can't do this shit. Right. But also at the same time, when we tell ourselves we can't, you have to like kind of push through that insecurity and that like um that that resistance, you know, to find yeah. like the 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 greater side of what you're doing. And, you know, and I always try to t- encourage people. I'm like, listen, everything that you've ever done or everything I've ever done that was good or bad, I didn't know how to do at one point. You know what I mean? I had to figure it out, but there was a, a point where I couldn't do it. And then I figured out how I could do it. So that's sort of what my speech is about, is sort of like finding yourself in the resistance of can't like, no, you can, but how are you going to do it? You know what I mean? And so that's what I built the speech off of. Like, this is the beginning is like a story about my life. very short. And then it's like when it gets dark and then it's like all the things that were telling me I couldn't do this school, you know, telling me I didn't have initiative and my grades were bad and this, that, and the other, or like family members or friends or whatever it is. Right. But that there's a turning point where you say, I can do this. You didn't have all this before you, you, you figured it out. You know what I mean? We talked about this in the one podcast and it's the same thing with him. There's a point where you didn't know how to do video, you know, where you didn't have such a good eye where, where your guitar playing wasn't as hot. You know what I mean? But you figured it out. And so that's what I'm building that speech around to then gravitate people towards a table 
to come experience the video and then try to turn that into other opportunities. So it's kind of this weird, like full circle thing, but I think that's the same thing for all artists, you know, and like entrepreneurs, like there's people who made a lot of money off of like the weirdest things. Right. You know, and you're like, you don't think you can do it until you try to do it and then you get better at it, you know? And if this isn't the lane, just move over a lane or find somebody who's going to be, I'm, I'm not good at video, but I do have an eye. But he's a technical guy, and he has a great eye, too. So I can be like, mm, we should put Evan here. We should put here. You know what I mean? And totally. then we, we work together, and you grow. I don't know what it's going to turn into. I've only known Darren from when I worked at Rock and Roll Reporter, knowing his band and knowing him in the scene. I never met him until, like, last year. <laughs> <laughs> I spend more time with this dude than most people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, but I, I always feel like what you don't know is to come. Like, you don't know what's next for your band. You you know, you're, you're kind of striving towards things, but you don't really know what the next step is. But you have to keep pushing in a forward motion. And then there's a point where you look back and you're like, wow, this, that hard thing I thought was the hardest thing I ever dealt with kind of wasn't that bad. You know what I mean? Like, I've dealt with harder. And then you just keep pushing. And before you know it, you're skilled in a different area. When, when did you start podcasting? How long has it been? Four years. Four years. Six years ago, that wasn't in the in the realm. No. Now look, you know yeah. what I mean? Like you're doing videos synced with your sideband. You're doing all this other stuff. But all of that came from taking a chance on yourself. You know what I mean? And I think that's sort of like the concept and the, the thing that I'm trying to get out with the 360 video. Mm-hmm. I have a band that's great, but that, that can't be my only lane because there's other lanes that I'm good at, you know? And some of them have nothing to do with music. Definitely. Like, like networking with corporate people on, you know, I don't know. And maybe that's a skill that I got from bartending. Who, who knew? You know, I don't know. But I'm not going to stop. I'm just going to kind of keep adding to what I do and then add people to it, you know. So if there's a lane or there's a skill set that may not particularly be your strong suit, find somebody to compliment it. You know what I mean? And then through that, you just keep growing together. And then there's going to be somebody else that comes on board. It's just it's a never ending journey. So that's kind of like to me what this 360 degrees project is it's not about like byron's a guitar player he plays like i think that's kind of boring right you know what i mean but there's other elements that actually make totally. that part interesting it, it needs know? to it needs to start somewhere right yeah black honda toyota blocking bus Does anybody have a honda toyota that's two brands Oh, uh, that's I, probably me. I have a Kia Soul. I got a Toyota. It's black. I'll go check. Time out. Check. Okay. <laughs> you hit, hit the pause button here. <laughs> we'll just right. leave. I'll just leave it rolling. All right. Okay. Yes. I so, mean, you shouldn't be blocking a bus because you parked. Uh, I saw yeah, where you, you parked. Saw where I parked, right? Yeah. Well, check. Oh yeah. So, um, I think I think I have something to to add in there because I've you know, I'll wait till they go downstairs there. The thing that I think I I, uh, I could point out is the um, like you said like the people that consume the the information and how valuable like a person's you know sharing or liking and all this and you get caught up in all this numbers and stuff. So I think that's just the thing is that it's it really is the way that I see it is it's uh, somebody came into my office. This was you know kind of going back to the, what inspired me. So I came into my office and they said your your page is your channel so i look at it like i'm gonna go look at brian sykes how i'm looking at the brian sykes how channel like as if i'm flipping through my tv yes yes i look at i look at social media 
as a, a mass disarray of channels that are all like just like just imagine sitting in front of like that you know the screen in the matrix the architect like him looking at all this stuff that's why that's the way i see the the news feed totally i feel like there's so much shit coming at you that you don't know really how to it's like option how to con- paralysis it's option paralysis yeah. so the way that i see it is there's so much shit out there yeah it's hard to consume but the way that i view it is it is it is a channel thing so with me the channels are like this is one channel the 360 degrees of music thing so people that are interested in 360 degree videos people that are interested in documentaries people who are interested in music you know stuff like that they're going to go to this channel and they're going to seek that out but when you're on your own personal page you're you're like reaching out to a specific audience just like a um you know, a cable channel is like, you know, uh, the five o'clock news appeals to these people and blah, blah, blah. So, so ex- it, for example, like, you know, why you just like, why didn't I share like the Gray Walker video? Because I feel like the pe- the audience that that I would appeal to would be look at that and be like, uh, you know, like that's things like some people would be like, oh, that's awesome. But then, yeah, totally. The, most people would be like, what's that? Like, you know, it's like it's like my mom and like, you know, my relatives, like they're just not going to it's not going to help. It's not good. Yeah. So I feel like what we should be focusing on is uh, how can you get into the channel or develop the audience that will like like you said, like the celebrities, they've they've established a channel for themselves that their audience is going to be focusing in. Our problem as independents is finding just that getting channel. people to even realize your channel yes. exists. So that's why back in the day, you know, you had like MTVs and you, or you still have MTVs and ESPNs and stuff like that and all that, you know, because each channel focused on a specific niche of like sports and you had, you know, music and then you had news and, you know, so that's the way that I feel it's, it's uh, social media is, is hard to consume you have to seek it out. You know, it's now the viewer is in control. The person that is on there is the one making the decisions. Whereas like in the past, we didn't get that option. You just, you changed the channel, but like, or you had that, like you had all the content there in front of you on a channel. And it was very simple to, to reach. Whereas like social media, it's like, Oh, this guy has this thing going on. That guy's so it's, it's anybody's able to make a channel. Yeah, right. So you have a choice. You have a cho- you know, and you got to find the good sources. And the way that I see it, the way that I've been doing it is I've been watching a lot of YouTube on my actual TV set, as if I was watching like cable. You know? Yeah. So I've been watching like Vsauce, and I've been watching like you know channels like that. So you're like, if I want to learn about some crazy science thing, I'm gonna watch Vsauce, or I'm gonna learn about film, I'm gonna look up. Uh, film riot or video copilot or one of those, you know, so I kind of know what channels I want to go to and I subscribe to that, but it's very hard. You know, you have to find that, um, that's, with, uh, with Facebook, it's nearly impossible because when we started on Facebook back in the day, going back to the past, there was, we just wanted to be friends with everybody. And yeah. that's the thing is we didn't realize that doing that basically opened ourselves up to, being in that room, like in the matrix where the guy's looking at a thousand TVs, you don't realize that you don't look at your TV and look at 300 channels. You're looking at like five of those 300 channels all the time, you know? So I think that's where the, the channel thing. And that's why I, that's, that was going back to our original idea of 360 degree video, because I wanted to develop a specific channel for, you know, music, uh, well, specifically like, you know, Pittsburgh, that's what my initial thing was. I was like, you know, focusing, cause this is where I live. 
and then bringing it out to the world. So if it gets bigger than Pittsburgh, that's great. But I feel like starting small, at least people can learn about artists in Pittsburgh and that's part of the business. Yeah. So um, that's where they'll go to to learn about these different things that are going on. I feel so. like that's been a huge issue with my channel is because I'm trying to, I mentioned earlier about juggling all these different social yeah. media accounts. Yeah. I'm trying to keep it as slim as possible on the accounts, mm -hmm. but let's take a, uh, like the, my, we'll take my Instagram, for example, yeah. you know, Instagram's a great platform for generating, you know, new followers and getting people to know about what you mm -hmm. do. Sure. But if you go on my Instagram, it's kind of a blur. Like if you don't know me, yeah. it's like, what the fuck is this? Like, yeah. you know, is this dude in a metal band? Is this dude rapping? Does this dude do vlogs? Is yeah. he doing podcasts? Like, you know, there channel. might be people that are into all of those yeah. things, but it's like, I, I worry sometimes that it might almost be too much yeah. to a fault that like, it's hard to like uh, get an organic audience. Cause like the amount of people that are going to be interested enough in every little thing that I'm doing yeah. to want to follow me right. is like very unlikely versus yeah. if I were to like, parse that shit out even more yeah. and like really subdivide everything. Right. So I think that's, that's the thing ugh. is we have to, we have to understand more about the channels and what media we're putting on the specific channels. So for Instagram, it's, it's people that like photography and sometimes they post videos, but it's mainly photography. So it's people that look at my Instagram or looking at the art and the photography and the, the landscapes and stuff but they know nothing about me as a person. Like they're just like, oh, that guy posts some great stuff. But Facebook, you get a little bit more of the uh, the zany side, the com you know, the comedy, the writing, the the spoof spoofy type of stuff. You know, yeah. But it's linked together. But that's the thing is like some people that follow me on Instagram don't follow me on Facebook. Um, and then you know, there's other channels like Snapchat and and Instagram stories and, uh, and what else is there? Um, That's like the stuff I have the least amount of interest so, in keeping so up with. There's a That's lot a of stuff. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Instagram stories and Snapchat, it's like, then that's another, another form of media. Like I started doing Snapchat until my phone was like, just, you know, shitting out. But I had a daily like comedy, uh, sketch, you know, or whatever. I would just like, you know, do stupid stuff. And, there'd be people that would follow me on Snapchat because of that. And then I just got tired of it and I went to Instagram stories. So that's what I mean. Like there is an audience for each channel that's out there. You as the uh, content creator have to understand who's consuming it and what stuff you put on there. So Instagram is now like two things. It's, it's a story video. You know, you could do stuff like that where people just push a button and boom, 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 boom. Or it's like a more thought out, post you know yeah facebook is the same way but it's it's a lot of shit you know it's more like an expanded blog the uh the thing that i see is the the thing that people a lot of people miss is how do you get people back to your home base which is your website that's what a lot of a lot of us have missed over the years that's is just what i was is getting bring back up. to your real estate which is like you know, you need to get people back to your home, you know, one and, thing that I've been doing a lot yeah. um, is I have like, uh, like the real sykes.com yeah. and I've been like going out of my way to put posts on there yeah. and then put those posts when I'm like doing stuff on social right. media, like find out more at my website, just yeah. trying to get people to go to that. Cause it's like, yeah. this is like my own home planet. Right. It doesn't have the same interface that everybody else's Facebook yeah. page has or this. It's like, no, it's like, I designed this. This yeah. is my home. 
come to yeah. my home. Yeah. You know, like because that's welcome. what a lot of those websites like BuzzFeed and everything, they've learned how to it's it's aggregating people to back to their home base as opposed to keeping them on Facebook because Facebook makes the ad money. You get them to your home base, you make the ad money. So that's where the whole like the not to say that we're there to sell ads as artists, but that's the whole thing is sites like that, they're basically trying to redirect you back to them. They use Facebook as a conduit because people, you know, they're just swiping and they just yes. go, oh, that's great. Boom, back to their site. So, um, and a lot of other, you know, the the news sites, everybody does that. Like, I think we're, us as the independent don't realize that um, we're getting more aware of that, like you said, with the websites, but what is going to get people back to that main website? What's going to keep people there? So for me, the content that we put out there for the 360 Degrees of Music thing um, we'll link you to YouTube, but there has to be more than just like a video. So that's, that's like a work in progress that, you know, I'm going to be working on is how to keep people on this site other than just like just posting a link. But I so, think it's a good way to start because people aren't just going to click on a link on Facebook and watch it. Maybe, maybe they go on YouTube, but we just want to point people to a place that they're going to go. And, and at some point, um, when we get the website up by next Thursday, um, it's going to be, uh, you know, 360, 360 degrees of music.com. And that's where people are going to go after we debuted at create festival. So, cool. well, yeah, I will say right now that this episode will be out after then. Okay. So people can go on the website right cool. now yeah. and check it out. That was actually going to be my next question. Okay. I was like, that's you know, cool. where could people find the 360 yeah. degrees of music? So that's going to be the best way. And the only thing right now that allows you to consume 360 video content is you have to upload it to a site like YouTube or Facebook. But YouTube allows you to view it like in that viewer because Google Cardboard and totally it's more adaptable. So each channel as well has their way of projecting 360 video. Facebook has their thing. Um, but that's the other thing is like it's it's like phone technology. What phones work with? So, you know, Facebook bought Oculus, so they're probably going to have something more integrated with the Oculus Rift, whereas like YouTube has Google Cardboard and their inventions or whatever. So that's what I mean. There's a lot of different platforms, but there really hasn't been a standardized uh, way that people consume 360 content as of yet. It's it's still evolving. So right now, I feel like this is a good time to get in on that uh, because when people do start consuming it, we've already have a head start in developing the stories and the content and understanding how to edit a story that is in this yeah. 360 degree video, um, you know, arena. So that's why we decided to go ahead and try to do this. It's awesome. It's, it's wild. It's different. I know it's probably a lot of fucking work and like <laughs> yeah. super, days, super days. duper respect. Like yeah. I can't even imagine editing a video like that. Yeah. It just, it seems nuts to me. It you takes use a Adobe Premiere? Them? I use Adobe Premiere. So the cool thing about Adobe Premiere and After Effects is Creative Cloud actually they or Adobe bought the a uh, special uh, company software. Um, There's this company called Metal M E T T. I know Metal, <laughs> uh, but there was a company that developed these plugins to edit 360 content, and Adobe acquired it, and then now they integrate it in with Premiere and um, and After Effects. So you can do a lot of this editing in 360 and then the GoPro has their own like viewer that you can load in as a plugin. So I feel like for the consumer, um, 
it's like the technology is not there yet that just your everyday person can pick up a 360 camera and edit it. And there's a lot of problems because it's very like uh, the the size of the files. I mean, you think about it, it's too for like it's 4K, but you're you're doubling your image. So it's not like just one totally. rectangular yeah. video. So you're you have to wrap it around a full screen. So you have to shoot it like 5K but then you're viewing it in like a downgraded. So that's the thing is the size of the files are like, you, you know, 500 to... gigs for like a four minute video. So this Byron project, <laughs> you know, people think like it's, it's like, oh, you know, it's like a four minute video. It's like, yeah, that took up like, you know, a terabyte, you know, easily on my hard drive. So that's the way that I see it is like for the consumer, um, it, the technology is still new and people are still trying to understand like, how do I, and how do I stitch it together? Because the software that GoPro release is not there yet. It still takes, it takes me like for a four minute video, it took me like a day to like, just have my computer sit there and process this footage to just give me to edit it. Yeah. So that's the way it has to stitch all these, all these two cameras together to get there. So I think as like the years go by, there's going to be better cameras um, available to people and uh, the, the technology will become smaller uh, the the workflows are going to get better. Oh, there will be 360 Instagram stories in the next five oh, years. Yeah. I guarantee. No, I, I think. <laughs> I think the hardest thing about 360 right now, like I said, is people don't know how to consume it, and not everyone is going to go out and buy a headset. So that's the other thing. Do you own a headset? No. Is, does Byron own a headset? No. I think that's the first thing that I think it's. It is like a a novelty experience. So like at the Create Festival, we're going to have this. But are people going to go home and be like, I want to watch Byron Nash in 360. I'm going to go out and order this on Amazon. Some people will that are like really cool and into this and understand how to consume it. But the the average person is just going to say, I'm just going to look at it on my phone through this thing. It's called magic window, you know, when you move your phone around. Yeah. So I think that's the big, biggest obstacle that we have to face is how to adapt it to the average person and then the person that wants to experience it within the viewfinder. And like you said, when you watched it, it what it is a lot cooler when you watch it within the viewfinder because it's like you're there and it's yeah. right there in your face as opposed to you like just kind of looking at your. Phone. I mean, I was lucky at least to be in a swivel chair, so I was yeah. able to like rotate right. around and it, <laughs> yeah. I had like some extra like flow yeah. that you might not so always with, have. So with Byron, I mean, he actually looked at it with the 360 stuff on, and what was your you know takeaway when you saw it? I mean, I, I honestly, it it is a full body experience. It it like. It doesn't matter that I was like, they like fuck you up a little bit, a little bit like, like, cause, and that's why, that's what made me think about, okay, we might need to have a mat where people say you stand here because you kind of feel like you want to walk around the room a little bit. And I took a photo of like you with it on and Evan had it on. And it, you know, if you look at it, like someone wearing the headset, it just kind of looks like they're going like this. But when you're doing it, you feel like you're spinning around and, oh, yeah. and your equilibrium gets thrown off a little bit and there's adjustments you know, so there's like an adjustment on the top for Your focus, eye. and then there's a an adjustment on the side. So we're gonna have to communicate that because everyone's eyes are different, right? And and so it, it was pretty trippy. You know what I mean? Like it, I I really enjoyed it. I thought it looked really cool. Yeah, it reminded me of uh, the old school viewfinders. Yeah, the, you know, it it's kind of like remember how they had this like weird three dimensional like blurry thing to them. Uh -huh. You kind of had to like squint your eyes for a second and readjust. It reminded me of that, except 360. You know, like you really felt like you're in the room. And you're like, whoa! Like, what do you mean if I look left that I see what's happening over here? Isn't that such, that, that's a it's yeah. a full body thing? So, and that was the thing in like the promotion of it. I'm like, we need to find like a one line 
selling pitch that says, you know, this full body experience, blah, blah, blah. Because you don't want it to be too wordy because as soon as it gets technical, it's like, well, what the fuck is that? You know? Yeah. But if you say, hey, it's almost like talking about a roller coaster because that's yeah. what it kind of felt like. Because when right. I took it off, I my balance was off. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, wait, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, but I was excited about it too. I was right. I'm like, I like how this looks. I like I, I like where this is going. I can't believe I'm a part of something like this, you know. So there's a lot of excitement around it. I just want to make sure that we convey that to the people who are going to be at this event because really it's it's a launch pad for what's to come. We don't know where. On one hand, we know what we're doing, and then on the other hand, we have no idea what we're doing right now. <laughs> totally, and, and we're just we're kind of learning. Doing it, yeah, we're know? learning how to tell a story with this new technology because everybody else has done the traditional documentary that we've we've always grown to know. But I feel like for music, and I've seen just a little bit of you know some artists do this, but I feel like for People at our level, like the independent artist, this is a great platform to launch independent music. So for Byron, you know, this is a great way to kind of show like, you know, music composition, you know, like there's a soundtrack to a movie. So he's he produced the music that is in the actual 360 video. So that's that's another way that I feel like we can get our music out there as artists. And that's a part of the experience of the 360 degrees of music is learning about this artist, learning about their story. They produce the music. There's a lot of cool things that are at stake when you're looking at a film, you know, audio visual. Yeah. So I think and, this is cool. And also trying to turn it into like a, a business thing, you know, like he has, that's his strong point. Like he's really strong with video. He's good with photos. You know, I, I have a understanding of how to conceptualize things and like push it out. So how do we take our strong point to make it something else? You know what I mean? Because what's not going to go away is the need for music. That's never going to go away as long as there's film and as long as there's commercials and as long as there's Instagram and there's Facebook and there's ads, music's needed. As long as there's ears. Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, because music is sort of the soundtrack that pushes the product, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? So I I said something today, you know, I I don't think we were just talking about some old products or something. And it was like a tagline, but there was music that went along with it. And I'm like, if that music weren't there, would, would we remember it the same way? You know, and the thing is, we're not talking about memorizing a three minute and 30 second song. We're talking about 10 to maybe 30 seconds, maybe, you know, and like, how do you have impact with that? You know, think about like a song that was like the lead in for a show, you know, you remember the show because mm-hmm. of the song. Yeah. I mean, the, the show got you in, but the song got you into oh, a yeah. show. You know what I mean? That that's kind of like a basic human musical kind of interaction thing. Mm. But I'm like, all right, so with the technology developing, how to, as an independent artist, how do I get into song placement? Like, you know, if I watch these motivational speakers and they put some music on, I have a friend, he's a DJ. He said, why is it triumphant music sounds so good and makes you feel uplifted? I'm like, yeah, it's major keys. It, it, it's, it's meant to elevate just like when you're listening to dark music, it's minor chords and, it's supposed to evoke emotion, right? Mm-hmm. That's never going to go away. That's something that I'm pretty sure isn't going to go away. But how do you turn it into some some type of, not necessarily profit because you're trying to get money, but how do you turn it, your music into, like you might have one idea that will never be a song that completely can change your whole path because somebody decided to use five seconds of it. That's how I'm thinking. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not trying to be a rock star per se. I'm just trying to do music and be creative all the time. So how do I do that? If I can, cool. I'll fucking milk it until there's no milk left. But that's not like my only goal. You know what I mean? And like, so if there's a way to say, 
oh, you know, I got this beat that doesn't make any sense in my band, and I don't know how to use it if I'm playing solo, but if it's in the video for this freaking, you know, girl power event, it kind of fits. Yeah. You know? And then how do you find the audience for that? And then how do you find the clients who want to buy the music to use the stuff? That's kind of, that's the the cloud we're in right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Guess you just got to be ready for anything. Yeah. Some of it's reactive, but you have to prepare. Yeah. It's like a combination of both. You know, like, yeah, you got to be ready, but you can't prepare for something that, that you don't know is coming. Well, I mean, everything you know? isn't for you, too. Yeah. So That's true. So let me ask you a question. So what do you think 360 degrees of music is? What does it mean to you as a as a person? And when you hear that term, how would you interpret that? Well, I think I kind of already explained it earlier. Okay. Would be that when I think of 360 degrees of music, I think like, oh, this is something that invites people behind the curtain. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And lets them see some of the like the glamour, but also brings them back out of the curtain and shows what happens when people, the people that are backstage, they're not backstage forever. They go back into the real world too. Mm-hmm. So it's like, so what's happening when they walk out from backstage and now they're sitting in front of the stage of life, you know, looking mm-hmm. at stuff. I mean, I like that's that what lot. 360 is yeah. to me. Yeah. And also, you know, just seeing all of the, the nuts and bolts and gears and cranks and everything that make everything fucking work. Right. Because as much as, you know, with independent artists, we're handling so much ourselves. There's still like, you know, like, oh, you know, I have a, a connect that's a sound guy at a venue that got us in for, you know, this show that we're playing. You know, like, so there's always connections that we need to make and things that are still out of our control that mm-hmm. people need to. Right. People should. It'd be cool to highlight. Yeah. Sure. If you're interested. Yeah. Some I, people I mean, don't want to know. I think some of that's like the most interesting part, you know, yeah. I think sometimes it's more interesting than the show. It's like, how did this, when you, you know, you think about a show and when you're ramping up to it and all those things. And then finally, when it happens, I swear it's all the work before it that I'm almost more excited about, you know? And then it's like, but it takes so much out of you. And there's like, Oh God, it's showtime now. And then it's like gone, like in two seconds. You uh, know? Dude. Yeah. I love, I just love being in it. I love creating stuff. And that's like, what I need to always remember, you know, yeah. um, is that's it's like, you know, why have I been doing so much stuff for so long? Is because like I fucking love doing all yeah. this shit. It's just like you wouldn't I, do it. it. You couldn't enjoy it if you didn't love it. Do you know what I mean? Like who wants to work? Is, and I'm not like a lazy dude, but who wants to work this fucking hard for some shit you don't really like? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like it doesn't make sense to do all of these hats and wear all of these hats and be in, in stretch in all these areas. Well, I think sometimes people don't know exactly what they like, you yeah. know, and they're wearing a lot of hats because they're trying to find, find it, find, yeah. it, find themselves. But and, you know, I, I it, think at the end of the day, you still have to have this sort of thread and this like grounding saying, you know, I'm, I'm in this band, but I do solo things, but I also do some painting, not because you're trying to be like this super multi thing, but it's just because you really enjoy doing all of those things. And and maybe one of them's going to pop off, and it might not be the thing that you think is going to be the thing that pops off and takes you in a new direction. You know, I I'm excited about like like I've been consuming books, right? And it's weird because I tell friends, I'm like, man, I've been reading all these books, and it's like, why, why? I'm not bragging about reading, but it's like it's the fact that like there was a point where I wasn't really reading books, right? okay? But the yeah. things that I'm reading are like 
I'm like applying them to what I'm trying to do. So it's making what I'm really excited about more exciting. And I'm like, oh shit. So if I do this this way, there's people who have careers in this. I can be in this lane because it kind of feels natural for me, but still be pursuing my thing because I didn't know that this would tie into what I'm doing. So I do feel like as an artist, you do have to be multi. You have to figure out how to be a singular thing with a multi like universe. You know what I mean? Because it's not always going to be the same. It's not always going to be that you're this crushing guitarist or a vocalist or songwriter or promoter. Like something's always going to kind of suffer to the uh, the energy going towards something else. Yeah. But it doesn't mean you don't keep doing it. You know what I mean? And the only reason we put ourselves through the strain is because we love it. That's the number one thing. I would not, I, I'm not famous. You know what I mean? I'm not rich, but I love this shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I really love this shit. And that's, that's never going to stop. I mean, I'm 45. It's not good. If it hasn't stopped by now, I'm, if anything, I'm more revved up than I've ever been. So I'm like, this is like the big, I feel like being on the older side of things, especially with like music kind of having this like, youthful thing i told someone i said i well i view myself more like a jazz musician than a rock musician because rock musicians and pop musicians and artists are usually at their peak when they're young and then there's like this really drastic brutal fall off right but jazz musicians are always getting better with age you know and they're like respected more the older they get and they, they're still searching you know miles davis was always changing and trying to get better john coltrane got deeper into his stuff and got better as he got older. And I'm like, that's the approach I want to have with this music, with this business. Like it doesn't stop until I literally can't breathe anymore. You know what I mean? And yeah. like, and that, that's kind of like the people I want to be around. Cause they charge you up and they inspire you to like, Oh shit, I never thought about that. You know, I see things I might not click like on that. I really fucking like, <laughs> Do you know what yeah, I mean? Totally. That like, I like, I like so much that I like incorporated it into my life. And that person may not know that because, you know, they got 31 likes that day and they didn't get 32, but I'm out there doing something that they inspired me to do because I saw that they got up and did that. Shit. I think it's always important to remember that, like, you know, take like those those likes that you like, say, like you had that photo that got 150 likes. Yeah. I guarantee you, you could probably times that by four or five, the amount of people at least saw it. Yeah. You know? I wish they would just take it all away. Take all likes, take all that stuff. That'd be great. Because then I think then it would be an unbiased look at every piece of media. And I, that's what I was also going to say with my thing with channels is like when you were watching TV, it's not like <clears> you saw right. likes well, on right. the TV show. There was no like, do, 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 do. Totally, mean, the, yeah. the only thing that you kind of got was Nielsen ratings. Yeah. You change your channel or, you know, whatever. That's where they kind of get that or how long a viewer is watching a channel um, or you were watching like MTV and they had like an interactive thing going on with some new technology or whatever. But, but yeah, but yeah so I think, I think that's the thing is our, the likable society has just consumed everybody. It's not that, um, and there was this guy that I talked to once that he went to school with me and he goes, Hey man, I just want to say that I look at your shit all the time. I'm not like, you know, like, you know, interacting with you like engaging like you said it's all about engagement but he says he's like i look at your shit all the time and i don't really engage with it but i still see it and you're funny as shit and i'm just like you know like he'll he still all the time he appreciates Same. that I so that i, I think i said like some people just don't want to interact because they're just like That's maybe maybe thing. maybe they don't want to be seen as the person that always interacts so that's yeah. my other thing is they just want to be the the viewer that is kind of like on the yo the outside kind of just 
not being noticed. Yeah. yeah. Whenever I put up that video the about the the Pittsburgh Music Ecosystem Project, yeah, dude, like the couple dozen inbox messages from people that like wanted to talk to me about but stuff, couldn't. but they what, didn't. They, they didn't. Wanted. They didn't want to make it public. Yeah. Like I got so many people talking so much trash on so much stuff mm-hmm. in my inbox, and yeah. I was like, God damn like i'm this is spicy well that turns into well, <laughs> but it, like it's like it's like the, 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 this is like not the point i was trying to make too but you know i mean that we were at that event you know what i mean and i remember when you posted that and i was like you know what i really respect him because that was a ballsy move for saying and the thing is it's not it was, wasn't so ballsy that it was like you were this crazy going against the system thing you were just saying what you felt you know and a lot of people said what they felt at the event but there were there were some missing elements that happened there that if people weren't there, I've I've i and I said this in a post, I said, you know, a lot of people have a lot of opinions for not being there. So it's like if you're not willing, unless unless you got a kid or you were stuck at work or you had a gig and you weren't there, I kind of don't want to hear all your you know what I mean? Like that's totally and it wasn't that I didn't respect their opinion, but it's like it's hard to like talk about something when you weren't there and you, and you took a risk putting yourself out on that platform because you know, the media's watching and you know, there's all this stuff, you know, but I understand why a lot of people were probably like behind the scenes, like, uh, I agree, but I don't want everyone to know that I agree, you know, because they might be trying to get that article or they might be trying to get that write up or they, they can't, well, that's, they can't crack the code of city paper or well, this that's newspaper. the fucking battle that I'm having now. It's really it's tough. Like, I was, right? well, I wanted to, I wanted to make a video about the best of Pittsburgh thing. Yeah. Because it's a fucking scam. Mm-hmm. It's a total fucking scam. Yeah. And like, like I've like for us. I've talked to people <laughs> yeah. that work at the city paper. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yep, it's a scam. And I wanted to make a fucking video about it, even though like my I'm affiliated with things that yeah. have been nominated, and that's great. Cause that has nothing to do with the city paper. That's you know, people that want to nominate us, right. and that's great. But I just wish there was more transparency with the public about how much of a fucking scam that whole thing is. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I want to make a video about this. Right. But I'm fucking busy and I don't have the time to deal with the aftermath that I dealt with when I made the last fucking video. Oh, and then the <laughs> I just don't have the time for it. The, the other thing, too, it gets tough, too. It's like you're a representative of your your band and your brand. You know, so you represent yourself, but you're also representing four other dudes. Right. And say their opinion doesn't exactly line up with what you totally felt because you have those you have the strongest presence yeah 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 yeah, yeah. right and so it gets tricky it's oh, like it's really it's tricky like, oh, because it's like okay like sure like is this person connected you know, to this thing that could sykes, be a great opportunity oh, for yeah. what we're about to do and you got like sykes is nominated for something that's like great and then you have gray walker and it's like okay that's eh. and then and then it gets into tricky stuff like get hips nominated for things it's like well that's where i work right and then brutal beer fest it's like oh fuck like, that's mean, another thing that i do you know yeah. it's like so i'm tied in like deep and it's like yeah but it's a fucking scam yeah but it's a fucking, you know, <laughs> like but I, I like that you kept it real because i mean i think that people don't keep it real as much because you know like like i think at the base of all of this we were talking about highlights and then i agree like maybe we should schedule some shit where people see like when i'm like not fucking feeling it you know what i mean or like damn it like where why is this dude not here yet you know what i mean like the other side where you're like you're working through it to get to the highlight you know, like it's very easy to put like really f- fly videos and, oh, yeah. and it's great easy, pictures. It's easy for and, anybody, if they're a musician or not. They and can you can kind of see to curate it. to curate their life to make it look like it's perfect. Yeah, and it's like, and that's why I like to put the real shit on. I'm like, ayo, I went to the gym. I was like proud of myself for getting my ass up, 
and I got robbed and somebody stole stole on my CDs. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then, but like within 24 hours, I also want an amp. It's like very real. You know what I mean? And it's like, what is your perspective on that? I always, you know? I always thought about like doing like a social experiment. Um, and I've thought about this for years. I'll probably never do it, but maybe I'll do it. And it doesn't matter if anybody hears this. Fuck them. Uh, at hour number three in our podcast. Yeah, we're, 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 we're at 127. This one's gone. We should wrap up soon. Yeah. Before, you, before, you tell us, man. Before, before all the equipment explodes. But all the one the one person that's listening at this like, point. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, these two people they have fucking their, talk forever. They have their like Bose headphones on, like, yeah. sitting in a room like, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. With essential oils. But, yeah, um, yeah so if you're... I always thought about how easy it would be to just fall off the map for like a week and tell everybody like, yo, I'm going to Japan for a week, right? And just fucking fake it. Just, you know, like, here's a picture. Like, get some pictures of like gardens and shit off Google because you can check in from wherever yeah. and just see how people react to it. Just like fake your fucking life. For Dude. a week. You know how easy that would be? And it's, people it's would be so like. so easy that it makes me sick. And and, and the reason why I say that, because I never post anything that I don't really live. And I never post anything that I don't truly believe or didn't happen, right? But like say like say I did a story and I said, hey, I'm gonna I'm leaving and I'm going to go to the gym in the morning. And if something fucks up my gym thing, I'll. I feel like I had to say I didn't make it because I'm, <laughs> because I'm human, right? Yeah, you know, because yeah. like real shit happens. But. I, the only reason I say this about like not the faking part, but because you can curate, right? Because I know bartenders and then people who have posted that they're on vacation and they got robbed, right? So when I, I I finally took a fucking vacation, I went away for like twelve days, and I'm like, I all of the social media that I put up, I just put it up, but it, I knew that if you were viewing this from an outsider perspective, it just seemed like another day in Byron, right? But meanwhile, I had no connection. I'm in the middle of fucking the Atlantic Ocean, like, afraid, like, am I going to be, like, the black Titanic, like, dude, like, who's like, because <laughs> I don't want to fuck with no sharks, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, but, like, but I know that the way that people responded was, like, as if I were still home, you know? And the reason why I did that, one, was to keep the music thing going, but I wanted to throw the timeline off of when I actually was gone to when I was home because I, you could easily figure out where somebody lives. If you're like clever enough and fucking sadistic enough, you can figure out where a motherfucker lives. I oh, got a lot yeah. of shit. I don't want people fucking up, you know? And it it worked. I didn't post a photo of being on vacation until like two days before I was back. So like people still thought I was on vacation and I was at work shaking drinks <laughs> <laughs> because social media is all about the scroll, uh-huh. right? It's all like very short amounts of like memory and consumption. And, you know, so it's someone like, oh, Gray Walker did this thing, right? But you might have done it three weeks ago, but in their memory, it just happened. Oh, and that's like, what, dude. You know what I mean? Like people- it's like people, it's even though it's up to date and it's up to the minute the stain that it leaves on your memory isn't accurate. There's dude, the you people know, don't, like people were like, you know, like how do you always, you know, how are you putting out so much shit? And people think that it's like, okay, well I am doing stuff every day, yeah. but it's like this podcast probably isn't going to be up for three or four weeks. Right. So it's like the shit that you're seeing that I put out today is something that I already did done, like a month or two ago. Like yeah. in like, so it's like you're getting like the aftermath and then it also creates a buffer because shit happens and then you can't where it's do like the stuff. where I can't work on stuff for maybe a couple days. Maybe I go out of town. Maybe I'm doing this or that. Mm-hmm. But it's like 
I got a fucking army of shit that's still coming your way because I scheduled it all. Exactly. So here it, it's coming. It's I'm almost doing like whatever the more I gotta you do, do, you you actually create a buffer. You know what I mean? Because like we're looking at stuff as like up to date, up up to minute, up to second. Mm-hmm. You know, but again, you know, you're doing podcasts, so there's editing that's involved, there's scheduling that's involved, there's all this stuff, there's posting and all the stuff you got to do. But people just because it's all in real time, they just assume that oh. Here's Sykes doing his thing that you did it this morning. It's like, yeah. uh, but they're not in the game like that. You know what I mean? They're not dealing and they, with that. They don't have to be. That's and that, which is perfectly fine. <laughs> but that's where that's where that little bit of like blurred reality starts to happen because people don't people who don't do that and maybe who don't wear as many hats don't understand what that is. You know, like someone was talking about binge watching something, and I'm I'm not against it, but in my head, the first thing I think of is like how the fuck do you have seven hours to do that? Like, totally. maybe it's out of envy. You know what I mean? Because I'm like, I don't have seven hours to do that. I got so much shit to do, you know? Mm-hmm. I had a customer, you know, she said, hey, I can't live without cable. She was, wasn't even talking to me. And she said, I don't want Byron to hear this. And I heard, I heard her because I had really good hearing. I said, <laughs> why? Why are you saying that? She goes, well, I mean, I have MTV and I know you're going to judge me. I was like, mm, why do you think that, right? She goes, because I love to watch Jersey jersey shore and i said that's crazy to me that you think i give two shits about what you watch at home right but it's the perception (laughs) she thinks i'm going to judge her for watching jersey shore meanwhile i'm too busy doing other shit i'm busy worried about myself i have mtv and i don't even get to watch it yeah (laughs) you know so i think it's like the the perception of all of it you know what i mean the internet and the cell phones and all the shit like I mean, I've watched people walk in fucking poles, just, you know, and it's just like this scroll society uh-huh. and we're all guilty of it so much that I had to like adapt a new um, rule for myself outside of today because we were like working on video stuff that I will not do social media in the first hour that I'm awake. I can post, but I'm not allowed to look. I'm not allowed to check emails. I'm not allowed to do anything until I set yeah. up my psyche for the day because every if you do that because the consumption so high everything you're doing is reactive right and so you're basing it off of all this information that you're taking in in that first hour and it kind of fucks me up for the day yeah, and it, and because today I didn't do it I was messed up like I was not I was just a little off center because I was like trying to coordinate videos with him we're like changing file dude, formats yeah it's so fucked up because like it's guaranteed that any day I'm going to wake up to some shit that I don't want to deal with on my mm-hmm. phone the scale of uh, the scale of importance varies, but it's probably right. going to be something I don't want to deal with, you right. know, whether it's, which was actually today, like finally accepting the fact that I can't deal with any more emails from fucking Michael's arts and crafts up to like something going fucking haywire with the band. It right. could be anything, <laughs> yeah. but it's like, you know, why in the first, literally the first minute that I'm awake, am I picking up my phone and subjecting myself to this fucking stress before I've even gone up to take a yeah. pee and just yeah. like, Adjust it's, to the day. It's kind of like, like just waking up, up for like, failure. Like, yeah, in a just weird set way. myself like, oh, oh, ah, oh, fuck. Yeah, and if like, someone, if, if the first thing you read is something negative from somebody else, or if it's a post, or if it's a video of Sharkeisha fighting or some shit, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> some of it you don't even have a choice. You're like, ah, I didn't mean to see that, you know? Yeah. I'm like, I don't. That's not the energy I want to project into my day, you know? So. Yeah, we were corresponding very early because we were corresponding late, and I worked late and had to get up early to go back to work. So, but I could, I could tell you, man, I could literally feel my brain not being sharp. So much that I like deleted post. 
Like, I'm, I'm like, mm, this isn't, I'm not there. I like, I don't have it. And it's because I was online, like in that first hour. And they say, like a lot of motivational speakers say that that first hour, you need to set yourself up to win for the day. And it's really important to like kind of align yourself with where you need to be and what you're trying to accomplish, not and not what the world is throwing at you to absorb because yeah. you're not dealing with yourself when you're taking all that stuff in. Feel, and it's at such a high rate that it's, you know. I feel like I need an alarm clock that's not my phone because that's one of the things that fucks it up mm -hmm. because, you know, it's so easy to use your phone as your alarm, right? Yeah. And then so the first, the thing, first thing you're getting is, yeah, that's the first thing. So it's right in your hand as soon as you fucking wake mm -hmm. up. It's like, Dude, my you know, phone was in my bed. I fell asleep with him. It was on my pillow, like a girlfriend. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with my life? You know what I mean? But at the same time, I'm like, oh, I got to pick up those tickets for that gig that I, oh, I don't even have a band for that gig. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, shit. I'm going to Justin Timberlake tomorrow. Oh, God. I have two hours of acoustic guitar to play. I don't even have a set yet. You know what I mean? Like, crazy. And then he's talking files, and I'm talking, I got a podcast, and I'm like, I don't want to go to work. Like, it was, it was intense, and I was like kind of rattly you know what i mean so really trying to like and i have a speech that i have to fucking give and yeah it's just so much stuff all of which i'm still very excited i'm like grateful and i'm thankful but there's still this thing where you have to like don't lose sight of who you are like think about life before i mean depending on your age but think about life before like social media think about life before you had a cell phone think about like those moments where you said, hey, I'll be there at eight and you're there at eight. And like, you know what I mean? Like this kind of like personal grounded, you know, thing that we had that we're losing because we got to keep up with the speed of everything. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like we're losing the essence of what's going to make us successful anyway, because we're trying to keep up with the speed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if there, there's a there's there's a certain point where it's like, I don't even know if what I just did worked. You know, but I have to be so reactive all the time because everything's changing. I'm like, oh, Darren, we can't, we can't use that photo. You know, I know this dude put in mad video. I understand what video time is. And he puts in all this time and then he gets a freaking like one line text from me saying, hey, I need it to be shorter because, you know, um, Instagram, it's not going to have the same reach if I pay for an ad because there's too much text. You know, but meanwhile, he's put an hour and a half into some shit and I'm sending him one line to say what you just did isn't good enough you know what i mean and yeah. it's like but it's for us but it's like it's all reactive you know and i was like i didn't know i didn't know that changed i didn't know if you had too much text on the photo that if you pay for an ad it doesn't have the same reach and you're not you know what i mean Dude, like well oh, i don't want to and, oh and i'm paying for the ad so i don't i, I need the reach that shit's a, such a headache yeah but it's like it also it's a scam everything's a fucking scam and it's and it's a lot but at the essence of all of this this is still about like I fucking love music. I mean, I've loved this since I was little, you know, and all the things that came along with it. And this is why I'm working with like a great video guy and I'm and I'm pleased to be here in your home and stuff because like I I grew up looking at vinyl. You know, I grew up looking at art and I grew up looking at photos of what made those those products sell. You know, like it wasn't just like I didn't think about marketing as a kid. But if you look back and think about all the things that like really impacted you and the posters that you had on your wall and why you buy, you know, oh, Metal Edge yeah. magazine, yeah. And, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm old school enough to be like Circus magazine. And I remember Teen Beat and like, you know, I thought about last night, I heard a Biggie song and he said Word Up magazine. I'm like, you know how many people sing that and have no idea what Word Up magazine is and, and never read it and never like saw 
like a real like hip, I never, I it was like really this. the first like hip hop magazine. I you know remember what I mean? Word Up. I remember, yeah, you know I what I mean. But like those images, it's kind of what we're doing now. But the, it was kind of there was a pureness to that, and it's like I still love that. I still like get off on that. You know, I'm like, yo, this photo needs to be dope. This video, I'm, you know, I wanted to put something out too early because I was like, that looks great. I was like, mm, doesn't have time. You know, so it's like I'm still really passionate about it. And I'm still, I believe in it. But then there's all these other elements that kind of like there's all these other elements and, and like make it cloudy. All the elements that don't believe in you. Yeah. Well, because now before it was like you would do your stuff because you loved your stuff. But now it's like there's a certain element of doing the stuff, hoping that someone likes the stuff you're doing. Yeah, everything. You know what I mean? It's like we're reaching. It's somehow we're like everything reaching. Everything's you know? somehow become a competition, whether we yeah. wanted it to become one or not. I know. I don't know either, man. It's fucked. But up. we're not going to stop because we're wired this way. No, we're not going to stop. No. But we will figure it out because we're doing all right figuring it out. One thing we now. probably should stop is this conversation. Yeah, because we are on hour fire. 40. Yeah, it's I know. It's been like, a while. Yeah. Well, I think to close it out, you just have to say this is part of that 360 degrees of music. <laughs> yeah. It's basically at the end of the conversation, we've come full circle. And it's been a pleasure to be here on, thank you. on this podcast it. with you. And thank you for taking an hour and 40 of minutes of your time. Good luck on To editing. discuss. <laughs> To discuss this uh, this year uh, of me being embedded in Byron's life to so. finally figure out a cool way to tell the story of of what he does and hopefully it will lead to other projects with other people and to tell their story of their 360 degrees of music, their lifestyle as well. Yeah, no, I think that what you're doing is great. I'm really stoked on all this stuff. It's really cool to have like these worlds come together because like obviously I've known Darren for a lot longer mm -hmm. than I've known you. Mm -hmm. But hey, now look at us. Yeah. We're all here in the same room together. Dude, you're like extended family. Yeah. You know, he's like that, that cousin. I don't get to see yeah. that much, but I, I'm around a lot because of Evan. <laughs> <laughs> I think you know? the uh, the just this is off topic and this probably won't get edited in, but I'll say that the first time I met Brian was we were at a um, a show at like a like a fire hall or something, a moose lodge or whatever. Okay. And uh, and he comes out and he's playing his set and then he goes backstage and he comes out with this like homemade shredder costume. And ever since then, I've wanted to see this homemade shredder costume resurface, but I don't think it's ever gonna happen. It's like me telling people, me like, hey man, you gotta bring yeah. this back. You're like, nah, so that, that was I remember that was that was the Halloween show at Giorgio's. Giorgio's. That's what it was called. Yeah. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, shout outs to Giorgio's. That yes. was a uh it was a pizza shop and they had like a banquet hall attached to an like East North Pittsburgh, East Electric Pittsburgh, Avenue. Yeah. I know yeah, I know Avenue. exactly what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They used to that was like where I pretty much like got started playing shows. Yeah. Um Yeah. That was the then then that, and then from there. Another experience of us playing together is I think you were at the show that all out brawl broke out, right? Was that the show that you out we were at Alter Bar and that like fight broke out, or was that a different I'm was not that I'm not, there was a there was a fight that broke out at one of our shows because the one band, Nick Prezioso, was like rub like he took this like something and was like putting it in the guitar player's face and this guy jumped off the stage and then there was a fight that broke out. I don't remember that. So maybe that was the one. I can't remember if you played the one with uh No Life who became heart sick. But I played the one with No Life. No Life, yeah. So that because was that that was another funny thing because yeah. now we've gone on a few tours with Heart Sick yeah. and Great Walker Great Walker and it was funny because yeah. like I had known those guys from playing that show. Right. We brought them to Pittsburgh because had me on we, 
we were branching out to try to play regional shows and we went to uh, Columbus and the guy in Columbus said, you need to talk to this guy, Alfonso, who's in this band, No Life. And they played on the Warp Tour and they won the Battle of the Bands, blah, blah, blah. So it's like you said, the world gets smaller as we continue to branch out. And that was, you know, interesting how then Grey Walker, like you said, you went on tour with them and how that, you know, all comes full circle to how we might have, you know, we've all been connected in some way throughout our careers. So that's cool. Yeah. But that's uh, like I said, as we end this podcast on my purified drinking water from, from Taldi. <laughs> we got to get you and Dave back on when you got some identity yes. X stuff we coming will. up. We will be back word. And Thank I'm sure, I'm sure you're going to end up back on here eventually. Byron. I'm <laughs> I'm playing with. We have to work on some stuff. Wait, so we, I, I had this idea. I'm like, we should do this project called uh, Attack of the Killer Bees because yeah. of like Brian and Byron, and we can uh, like do this like kind of uh, random. Off, I haven't like, forgotten. Oh no, that's okay. It's there. It's, it's a it's it's a seed planted. <laughs> you know, I know how you're living. <laughs> well. And that is all, folks. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. One more time, Byron and Darren, thank you for coming thank you over. Thank you very much, everybody. I'll be back again next week with another episode. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the Beats, the podcast. 2018 is a year. Is it? <laughs> Thanks for listening. Whoop, whoop. Give him a whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. Word. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that was it's been a while since I've had one that long. <laughs> I think my butt has made a permanent like mark oh, in this couch.